1: On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm absolutely delighted to have you with us today. Now, today, Elton Taylor dominates the self-improvement blog. If you'll go there, you'll find his picture, his bio, a review of his newly released Choices and Illusions, and if you look in the right sidebar, you'll see a link. I can't say that today. See a link to his inner talk program and products. I really encourage you to go there and take a look. It's www.theselfimprovementblog.com. You know, we make choices every day, and we're not always aware of why. You know, when you make a choice, even a simple one, you don't know everything that's impinging on that choice uh, and, and making you choose what you choose. Let's do something a little light and frivolous here. If you're a woman, you like shoes. Let's say you want and need a new pair of shoes to wear to work. You, know, you want something that looks good. You want something that's comfortable because you're on your feet a lot. You, know, you try on several pairs, and you purchase some six-inch platform heels. They're neither comfortable nor practical, and you wonder why on earth, when you get home, why did you buy them? You know, did you buy them because the hype says your legs look sexier in six-inch heels, or because men supposedly like them? You know, did you see them on Hollywood stars? Why? You know, did the fashion mavens con- convince you that six-inch platform shoes are the end thing to wear? even though when you wear them, your feet are crying for comfort and you have to sit a lot. You know, let's say you're a guy and, and you need a new family car and you know you need a new family car. You know, the other one's just about to go and you do all your research and, you know, you go out to find the best car for your family and you come home with a Corvette. What kind of a message was lurking in your mind that urged you to make this unlikely choice? You know, why, why? The question comes, why do you believe what you believe? And what makes you do what you do? What makes you choose what you choose? And our guest today is going to shed some light on this, whether it's shoes, cars, or whatever. Eldon Taylor is an award-winning New York Times bestselling author of over 300 books and audio and video programs. He is also the host of the popular Hay House radio show, Provocative Enlightenment, and I encourage you to go take a look at that or listen to that. He's the inventor of the patented inner talk Technology and the founder and president of Progressive Awareness Research Incorporated. Eldon has earned doctorates in clinical and pastoral psychology, is an ordained interdenominational minister and a fellow in the American Psychotherapy Association. He's been our guest before and always gives us more than we could ever possibly expect. It is such a delight to welcome to the Self-Improvement Show Eldon Taylor. Eldon, welcome. Welcome
3: you very very much it is always my pleasure to come join you i love what you do i love what you teach and and i'm just thrilled to be able to share it with you
2: well that's nice words i appreciate that you deserve you, you you've just put out a new edition of choices and illusions i didn't get to read the first one but the second one is absolutely delightful um I especially like what you did with the whole topic of mind and consciousness. It's it's very well done. I'm, try, I'm in the process of writing the review and basically one of the things I have to say is that you put some very difficult topics into a language that everybody can understand. But you don't talk down to anybody. You just make it clear and meaningful. And I appreciate that. You know... You say in this that we're not in charge of your own choices, and that's really what I was trying to do in the introduction, but what do you mean by that we're not in charge of our own choices?
3: We have the illusion of choice. Um, You know, there's actually two ways to look at that, at answering that question. The first one is will be technical. The fact of the matter is... Over 90% of your decisions, your choices, are made in the unconscious. They're not made in the conscious. Indeed, you know, a a very valid question would be to ask you how much unaware are you unaware of? Um, The fact is, using functional magnetic resonance imaging, watching your brain lifetime, giving you choices to make while that procedure is underway, a MRI technician will know what you're going to decide six to ten seconds before you know. And I how,
2: does, how does he see that? I've read that before. How does he see that? What well, he's, up? he's
3: watching the brain. He's watching the areas of the brain that discriminate, that make choices. In this particular scenario, you've been given... Two choices so that is you can you can choose a or b or you can choose yes or no but you have two alternatives and you're holding one in your right hand a button that you'd push and you're holding the other in your left hand a button that you would push so by watching the brain knowing that when you push the button in the right hand, hemisphere in the right hand this area of the left hemisphere lights in the, the discriminatory uh, area or when you push the left hand the left hand button you have conversely another area that lights he can watch and see the area of light before you push the button in other words the decision has been made by you at an unconscious level and you then believe you're making the decision consciously that okay yeah that, yeah i
2: totally understand that but you know d- For the listeners who really don't know the difference between conscious, unconscious, subconscious, and you use unconscious and subconscious, um,
3: synonymously, yeah.
2: Synonymously in your book, but, you know, tell us a little bit about what
3: those are. Okay. Uh, a conscious, you know, act is something that's under our volition. We know what we're dealing with. Uh, you know, I'm consciously choosing to, uh, um, Call you and and uh, enter into this dialogue with you and uh, and as I sit here in my my studio I'm, I'm also expressing myself as though I had a live audience, I guess because i 'm consciously aware that unconsciously i 'm moving my hands as I speak
2: uh-huh. and,
3: okay now that Unconscious movement and, and the reason I just use it synonymously is because we can get really complicated. We can talk about the pre conscious, you know. Um, that's an area where I store memories, such as the lyrics to my favorite song, and and I pay no attention to that until, for some reason, I'm asked to call upon them. Well, then I turn to the preconscious, so we can go to the deep, you know, uh, collective unconscious of Carl Jung, but as opposed to look at all these schematizations, I wanted to just make it simple. There are the volitionary, fully conscious choices and acts that I make, and there are all those other things that I do. Maybe I do them heuristically. That is, they are shortcuts. Uh, I jump to conclusions based on my shortcut models. Uh, if someone says to me... You know, listen, I have a, a fellow here. He's dressed in a uh, suit. Uh, he's got a sweater underneath it he's, he's wearing uh, it looks like bifocals. Uh, you know he's about five foot eight or so his His nails appear to be manicured. is he Is he more likely to be a librarian or a mechanic? Our shortcut will say, well, he's more likely to be a librarian. Because we don't see mechanics as fitting into that model, even though mathematically, if we were to be smart, there are a hundred mechanics at least for every you know librarian there is. Right. So if we were being you know uh, rewarded based on accurate guesses, we would guess mechanic just mathematically. But no, the heuristics of how we operate dictate that we'll jump to certain conclusions. Well, not only does that happen, but we also have this scenario that goes on. Where we talk to ourselves. You know, there's a, a fellow, uh, a psychologist that teaches about habituation, and I happen to have a, a CEU course, and uh, he was facilitating that course. He told a marvelous story. Uh, his name is King, a marvelous story that I think illustrates this dialogue process. He said, You know, Eldon, um, I wanted to lose weight, and. Uh, You know, I I have a bit of a weight problem, and he's he's pretty grossly overweight. So he said, what I decided to do is um, I I was just going to stay off of Krispy Kreme Donuts because by staying off of Krispy Kreme Donuts, I mean, eat a dozen or more a day, I can, for all intent and purposes, lose a substantial amount of weight. And he did that for about 30 days. He had moved to a new town, and there was no Krispy Kreme uh, in the town. He would had to get on the freeway in order to go down the road about five miles to get to Krispy Kreme. So it was easy for him to cut it off. He just went from his home to his office and back again. And then the day came that he had to leave town, and he got up on the freeway. And the minute he did, it dawned on him, Krispy Kreme. Yeah, oh, well, Cream. I could stop at Krispy Kreme and get a donut. I've been good, I deserve it. No, 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 because you know you wouldn't just have one donut. You'd have more than one. Well, you know, I was going to get a cup of coffee anyway. I could I could just stop and get a cup of coffee. No, you know that. If you were to stop to get coffee, you'd get a donut too. It's just too tempting. Ah, come on. I'm strong enough. I understand all this stuff. I teach about habits all the time. I could just go in there and have a cup of coffee, and the smell of donuts wouldn't get to me. Really? Now you know better than that. Remember the last time you were there and you got two dozen donuts? And he had this dialogue going on in his head, arguing, and realized he had exited the freeway and was pulling into the Krispy Kreme parking lot. See, and a lot of what we do goes on that way. We were making up that kind of a decision. But 90% of what we do... The decision's already made. It's based on what I think of as the GIGO model from from computer science. Garbage in, garbage out. We have filled our mind with beliefs, with expectations, with ideas, with notions, with adverts such as what you were talking about, the six inch heels and the sporty uh, Corvette, and, and we have created needs in our mind based on how these advertisers have appealed to us. I mean, gosh, what if we don't have a new car? How are we going to be seen? I mean, our neighbor's got a new car. I mean, are we a failure? All those six-inch heels, you know, the men really look at... You know, yeah. we're, we're trying to satisfy an image that we have in our mind that has been voiced upon us, most of it by the media, the advertisements, and definitely by our maturation, enculturation, and the community, the society we live in today.
2: And on that thought, we're going to go to break. So when we come back, we can just keep sailing right on through Choices and Illusions. This is Irene Condon with my guest, Eldon Taylor, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more.
4: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
1: Want the inside scoop about what's going on in the social networks of art and entertainment? Tune in to Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4 We'll talk to the top professionals in the entertainment industry and find out what they're working on and what's next. Your host is James Barber, who has his finger on the pulse of the arts and entertainment world. Star Power Hour, brought to you by Fortalent.com. live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
5: Which voice do you hear, the voice of your ego or the voice of your spirit? The one you listen to can determine your entire future, your decisions, your existence. Listen to Two Voices with Dr. Nick and Rev. Linda Martin. We'll identify, discover, and explore your two voices and help you to determine how they shape your life. It's an experience which can allow you to transform your ego, hear the voice of spirit more clearly, and create the life you were meant to live. Two Voices is heard Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glynise Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
2: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Eldon Taylor. We're talking about his book, Choices and Illusions, and about the subconscious mind. Uh, Eldon, you're a real expert on this mind thing. A lot of people still think it's just a little part of the brain. Uh, Talk a little bit more about the mind and and the functions of the subconscious mind. Okay.
3: You you know, when you say... uh, function of the brain, I have to tell you that just today I posted on my Facebook page a brand new study that shows the brain itself, whatever we think of as consciousness, you know, watching people uh, in con- uh, conscious and in various states of conscious and using fMRI technology, we've come to understand there's no place in the brain that consciousness lives no pray, place in the brain that consciousness lives No, consciousness See, I... arises as a result of billions of neurons communicating period that's what consciousness is so you know it's not it's not a thing it doesn't live somewhere It it's it It's an activity between neurons um, you know there are some folks that would say well it's not in the not in the brain at all um uh, You know, mind is not a local event, and there is more and more evidence to suggest that that's true. Years ago, a very revealing study that that, uh, caught my attention, um, I think, addresses that. Cells were divided in a Petri dish. So part of the cells remained in the lab, And part of the cells in in another Petri dish were removed five miles away from the lab. The purpose of this experiment was to see if these cells responded to stimuli as though they were still in the same Petri dish. Electrical shock was applied to the cells in the Petri dish in the lab. And at precisely the same moment, the cells five miles away responded as though they had been shocked. This was repeated a number of times. There is no question but what somehow the consciousness or what you would, whatever you would call it of those cells communicated at that great distance. We've come to believe that whatever this activity of consciousness is, it, it functions at a couple of levels. You know, we, we have this level that we think of as the adaptive consciousness. That adaptive part of us is, uh, you know, it, it, it operates automatically. It's, it's very easily influenced. We, we look at primes as a case in point, and there, there are a variety of primes, but let me give you a couple of examples. If, uh, if I were to have a clean table... And I placed on that table a bottle of hand sanitizer, and then I gave you a set of questions. And those questions varied uh, scales of liberal and conservative. You would answer much more conservative than if that hand sanitizer wasn't on the table. Okay, why Why now, is, why? Why well, is okay. the hand What is hand sanitizer? <laughs> hand sanitizer is what? Safety, cleanliness, uh, security. Um, it, it, it Let's approach the world as though there's danger in the world. There could be bacteria. Hand sanitizer is, you know, let's avoid, uh, you know, experimentation. What is the difference between a liberal and a conservative? I mean, first of all, you know, a lot of the research today shows us there are anatomical differences in the brain, but we know that the conservative tends to be less inclined to uh, experiment, less in- inclined to uh, move from the old into the new, uh, more alert to dangers, uh, more fearful of, uh, of uh, experimentation than the liberal. So. This prime, this prime that suggests uh, caution tends to bring the conservative out in you. Now, I can tell you this as well. If we take um, a room and and we sanitize the room and we leave a fragrance, a smell of like Clorox in the room, and then we invite you into the room, coffee, donuts, or even a light meal, a half a dozen of you, you will be thirty times more likely to clean up after yourself than if. Oh,
2: that's interesting.
3: Yeah. So, so in other now words, in, we come into in a very clean, I, smelling room, and we have this compulsion to maintain some level of life. And it's a prime. The prime operates unconsciously. We're not. We're not consciously saying, oh. I, I smell an aroma that suggests to me that this is a really clean room. You know, we, we know research, you, you mentioned the Corvette. Well, you can take a beautiful woman, a scantily clad, bikini style, high heels, and they're usually six inches, just like you described, and you can drape <laughs> yeah. her over an automobile you're going to have men judge the speed of the automobiles, and they will choose. Say you have four cars and the woman is on one. They will choose the one the woman is on as the fastest car. Now you can bring. So they'll them back. choose the
2: Hyundai over the Corvette if it has a a, a woman in a bikini.
3: <laughs> yeah, in all probability, that's <laughs> what the research shows. But listen, you can bring them back a week later and put her over a different one of those same four automobiles, and they will judge it to be the fastest this time. And when you point it out to them, they'll give you a reason for why they made the. Difference, it will be a complete made-up rationalization. One of the things that has things to do with know, the car,
2: not the girl.
3: That's right. One of the things that we know from uh, split brain studies is that you, you you can be stimulated at an unconscious level, and the conscious mind, having no knowledge of that, will make up a story for why it processed information the way it did it has absolutely no clue but it, ha- it 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 absolutely at the same time needs to be able to justify our actions
2: so, so how, how do, you- do we know then as a person making a decision making a choice whether you know what's operating here how do you know how do we know we're making a conscious choice as opposed to what you refer to as illusion you know an illusional choice or A choice based on the subconscious. How do we know? Can we tell? Well,
3: you know, the first thing is you have to become mindful. You can tell. There is no shortcut to this, but you can tell. You have to be mindful, which means I'm going to, without judgment, uh, listen to every thought I have, and I'm going to spend some time learning where I acquired that, every belief that I have. Well, I say to myself, you know, I can do this, and my, my inner talk says back to me, no, you can't. Who are you who are you trying to kid? I say to myself, I'm good. You know, I'm capable, and I hear back, really, you know, or I hear, you know, you're not any good. Uh, you, you never were good looking. She isn't going to have anything to do with you. And when I hear that kind of negativity, taking the time, to understand where that thought came from, where it originated from, to examine it without judgment, that's what I have to do. Now, that's not an easy process. Uh, you know, I don't go along with a lot of what Nietzsche wrote, but um, in his, uh, one of his essays, Twilight, uh, Twilight Essay, Nietzsche says this. He, he, he essentially says, why is it we don't sit down and become the architects of who we want to be? We sit down and choose the values that we want. You know, if we want to be charismatic, we, we decide we're going to be charismatic, and we begin to behave that way. If we want to be confident, we choose to be confident, and we begin to behave. Why is it that we don't do that? Another great philosopher, a Native American philosopher, Lamedeer, says, you know, if you look at your life, you probably have been commoditized you probably mm-hmm. will will explain to people who you are by way of what you do. I'm a carpenter, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a radio show host, which is telling everyone what part of the cog you play in the great machination. And so when, when you do that, what you're really saying is, I am about what I produce. I am about what uh, he refers to as uh, green... Frog skins. I'm about money. My life is about money. Money is the most important. I have to make a living. I have to, uh, to pay my bills. And when we realize that that's what we're doing, if we were to stop and say to ourselves, as Gandhi says, is this the life I want to live? We're likely to say, you know, no, it's not. And that's a great place to begin. What is the life you'd like to live?
2: Yeah, I, I hear Peggy Lee sing. is that all there is? Yeah. Is, this all there, is this all there is?
3: Is that you know, all there is? That's, you know, um, how many people are putting bumper stickers on their automobiles that say, life sucks and then you die?
2: Exactly.
3: You know? and, and when you look at how they live, uh, as Augmentino says, you know, they're like cookies, crackers coming out of the Nabisco factory. We look around us, and there are thousands of them coming out every day, and they're all stamped alike, and they're all shaped alike, and they're all the same color, and they're all headed for the same place, you know?
2: And they're all made out of ticky-tacky, and they all look just the same. (laughs) Remember that song?
3: I do. I do, (laughs) Irene. I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You say in your book, building
2: self-worth begins by examining one's beliefs and one's fears, but how many people do that?
3: You know, not enough. But I could-
2: do we? Do we? You know, I I preach on my blog all the time. You need to know what you believe. Um, I I don't see much evidence that people sit and really think about it. We seem to we seem to accept anything we were told as a kid. Well, so How do we get around that?
3: The fact is, you know, we have been inculturated to do that. I mean, we are raised to accept the authority. We are trained to believe that the authority knows best. Uh, we cannot get out of school if we don't memorize what we're supposed to memorize and regurgitate what we're supposed to regurgitate. We are failures if we... Um, assume that the teacher doesn't know everything if we ask the wrong questions. So we are virtually imprinted like a duck, duckling raised with chickens. We are virtually imprinted that way. It, uh, most of us won't even become aware that that imprint is guiding our lives. Um, and as a result, we'll live our lives as less than who we are
2: yes and on that thought it's time to go to break i want people to think about you know what beliefs do they have that they know are theirs and not somebody else's and when we come back we're going to talk more about how we can get to some of that this is irene conlon with my guest eldon taylor saying stay tuned we'll be back with more of the self-improvement show
4: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in to the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern for The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Vasily, Radio to thrive by.
5: Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even co-worker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
1: You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlin. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's one 888 346 346 9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome back to the self-improvement show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Eldon Taylor. We've been talking a little bit about the subconscious mind and what it does, how it operates. And Eldon has a most remarkable program called Inner Talk that's well-researched, uh, well-done. And I want to talk about Inner... Um, <laughs> I lost it. Inner Talk. Inner um, Tell me how you got started. Well, no, first of all, tell me what inner talk is. Let's talk about subliminals, how they work, are they reliable, can you trust them, you know, is this a bunch of hogwash, is it real, you know, those questions that you get all the time, Eldon.
3: Boy, wow, well, yeah, and and you just handed me enough to talk about for, oh, at least the rest of the day. So I'll try I know. To, I'll try. <laughs> Do it in a nutshell. Of that. Uh, first of all, Intertalk. Um, most people think of Intertalk as a subliminal program. What it really is, is a form of dichotic masking where we simultaneously deliver um, two channel differentiated messages designed to appeal to the hemispheres according to how each hemisphere processes information. So, let me give you an example of that. The left brain is known to be the seed of, uh, if you will, our defense mechanisms. That's, that's where the defense strategies all find themselves uh, working out. It, the, the left brain, for us right-handed folks, uh, the majority of people, uh, knows the rules of language and rigorously applies them as logic and reason, if you will. So if I tell the left hemisphere... Messages like, I am good, it may well argue with those messages. If I say, you know, life is wonderful, I love living, I may well get that message coming back out of my own stream of consciousness that says, what are you talking about? Do you remember what happened this morning? You know, your wife is furious with you, or whatever is going on. I will begin to have the great mitigator, uh reduce those affirmations to where, for all intent and purposes, they have been, you know, dramatically, seriously compromised. If that were the case, I could be... You know, just post some affirmations around my room. I like myself. Life is wonderful. My body is perfect. It is healing itself now. Um, life is. I could. I could post these things. I, I make a million dollars. I see a million dollars flowing to me. I crystallize my thinking. I set my goals. I achieve my goals. We could just post them, and we'd all be successful. Some people have read books like The Secret, and The Secret tells them, you know, hey, listen, all you need to do is put up these affirmations, visualize, da 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 da," which is all hocus-pocus nonsense. The fact is, I'm going to have to change my beliefs. In order to change my life, I'm going to, and that's going to happen in my mind. There's no place else that I can do it. I can't have the neighbor do it. I can't have the doctor do it for me. I have to change my mind. I have to change my beliefs in order to change my life. All right. So if the left hemisphere is going to be that guarded, what we're going to tell the left hemisphere are things like it's okay to be good, it's okay to like life. It's okay to be a miracle, because now the left brain's going to say, "Well, you know, okay, yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's okay." All right. Well, simultaneously, we're going to tell the right hemisphere, "I am good." Now, we're not going to tell the right hemisphere that in forward speech. One of my patents rests on the idea, uh, a protocol, something that I refer to as the mirror imaging paradigm. Um, first presented as a paper in Israel, essentially what it amounts to is this. When I worked with some dyslexic people, young, uh, young lady in particular that I'm thinking of, I saw how perfectly her reversals of things like threes and fives were. Um, the letter S, just a perfect reversal. So what I did is I created this little book, and on the left side there was a a mirror. It was foil paper, but it mirrored what was on the right side. And I would ever write on the right side so that she could look at that mirror and see she was actually perfectly mirroring the correct use of the letter. So here would be the correct S. Underneath that, she would write the S, and it would be backwards. But when she looked into the mirror, she could see exactly what she was doing. And the idea was, well, this way she can become cognizant, and in that process, uh, reverse this 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 uh, this habit, this way of uh, of writing letters, and it worked very very well. Well, at the same time that I was working on this, and uh, it. I, Carl Prebrum and David Bohm were working on what today we know as the holographic paradigm. Bohm won the Nobel Prize for his holographic paradigm model of the universe. Uh, Prebrum, the neuroscientist uh, at Stanford... Was looking at memories. And when I went to school, we were taught memories are stored in engrams and egrams. Well, that's false to fact, period. Uh, Research on memory using maze bright rats. Literally every part of the brain that could possibly ever store a memory has been removed from rats only to discover the rat was still maze bright. It still remembered how to get through that maze. So we we come to think of the memory process as being stored holographically across the brain. Well, I happened to see this device that gave rise to an epiphany. It was a simple uh, bowl that was a mirror and and it had a lid that was basically another half of the bowl so that when you put it together you formed a an egg, if you will, and it had a hollow part in the top of it. So if you were to put an object like a strawberry in the bottom of this mirrored bowl and then put the top on that was also mirror, this object appeared in that space holographically, so real that you, you could ask people, get me that strawberry, will you? And they'd go over and grab air. And I thought, wait a minute, that's how the brain is processing information. The hemispheres are mirroring the information back and forth, which is why so many children go through this process of reversals. But if that's the case, that means that they're probably also acquiring language initially that way. So we get a lot of recordings together. In the meantime, there is a fellow in, uh, in Australia, his name is David Oates, who is actually working on this reverse speech model. And, and I, I find out about him, and, we, and I start looking at some of the recordings that he has, and we take these recordings of young children going through this phase where they look you straight in the eye, and every parent will identify with this. They're not saying goo-goo-ga-ga. Ga. They're saying something very meaningful, but but what they're saying means nothing to you. Uh, you. We took those recordings, we slowed them down, played them backwards, and we get meaningful speech. Daddy play, mommy home. All right. Interesting. So what yeah. I did then in, in the Intertalk patent was... Uh, look at the method of delivering simultaneously forward speech that's permissive to the left hemisphere and reverse speech that is authoritarian to the right hemisphere. We took this model. We didn't have to hide things that way because when the two hemispheres are challenged at the same time, uh, they attend to what they their specialties are, and the the result is we don't consciously discern the information. You, you might from time to time with an Intertalk program hear what sounds like people whispering. If you were to pan your speakers all to the, to one side, uh, pan it all, say to the right side, which would go to your left brain, you will begin to hear meaningful speech. But when they're simultaneously delivered, we fail to discriminate. That means we bypass critical awareness. It enters our own stream of consciousness. It becomes our own self-talk coming back out to us. And of course, we rely much more on that than we do when someone else says something to us. And so all of a sudden from the inside out, we have this endorsement for the objectives that we have decided to program our own unconscious subconscious with. Now, we took this and this technology. We've run a number of studies with it, double blind studies. They began at the Utah State Prison, uh, working to lower hostility and aggression. They're very successful there. The prison system cloned out the process to all of its facilities. It later has been moved to uh, a number of other prisons. And then we began to get independent researchers involved, researchers at major institutions such as Stanford, governments for that matter. I went to Germany. I met with a, uh, Peter Kruzy at uh, the Armed Forces uh, Institute in Munich uh, with uh, I went over to Bremen. The government of Germany actually ran a study based on uh, some work that was done at Bremen to look and see you know, if subliminal was credible, because there were lots of claims being made then. Uh, the government of of Mexico. Uh, the long and the short of it is, uh, there have been more than two dozen studies, double blind studies, and a, a hundred or so now clinical studies, run by independent researchers demo- demonstrating the efficacy of intertalk.
2: And it's used for what? Can you use this for? How? What do you? target for people i know you have weight loss programs what what else can you do with them and and you know what are the results and you have like a minute <laughs> to answer that
0: question.
3: the domains are, are are enormous you think of the human condition we have run studies on everything from test anxiety and attention deficit hyperactivity, to cancer remission, to, uh, to stress management, to weight loss, for that matter, to breast augmentation.
2: There really isn't much that the mind cannot accomplish for you, is there?
3: It is an integral part of everything you will ever accomplish.
2: And on that note, we're going to go to break and just think about how powerful your own mind is as we go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Elton Taylor, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more.
4: us on facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world voice america empowerment want more positivity in your life ready to get healthy happy and energized join the stella donna goddess gals cynthia Bryan, and heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating supportive conversation on star style be the star you are a lineup of best-selling authors celebrities and experts join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat positive life-changing talk radio playground star style be the star you are wednesdays 4 to 5 p.m pacific 7 to 8 p.m eastern on the voice america empowerment channel lend us your ears it's power time when you think of inspiring women who comes to mind is it a visionary like oprah winfrey political or legal figures like hillary clinton or sonia sotomayor or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like meg whitman No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world, and we'll discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
5: Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
1: You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Eldon Taylor. We've been talking about the mind, particularly the subconscious mind, and about Eldon's program, Inner Talk. Um, Before we get finished with this show, Eldon, tell us how we can find you, how we can find the Inner Talk products, and how we can get your new book, Choices and Illusions.
3: Well, you know, the best answer to that is just go to my website, Eldon Taylor, that's E-L-D-O-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R dot com. There is a banner on the page about choices and illusions. There's a major book launch on right this minute um, for this book. It's a New York Times bestseller, but we have um, some hundred people that have endorsed the book, that have offered gifts uh, Uh, that, uh, you know, you get free when you buy a copy of the book. I'm not selling the book, but by going to my page, you can click on the banner, and then you can buy the book at Barnes & Noble or Books a Million or Amazon or wherever. Bring back your receipt number, plug that in, and then you get all these these extra uh, prizes and uh, gifts uh, from the various luminaries supporting our book launch. And, and I'm deeply appreciative of that. And Irene, you are one of them, and and I genuinely appreciate that as well.
2: I uh, am one of them, and I don't easily put my name on things. But, you know, your work is is superior, and I like it because it, you write things that we want to understand of a level we can, we can understand. And when people write about, you know, neuroscience and use the big medical terms, it's really hard for a layman to understand. You don't do that to us. You know, you know
3: can, I, I've always, I, I, I remember a, a statement by Einstein, I'm not quoting it, but the statement was essentially, you know, the worst to this effect. If you, if you understand your subject, you should be able to explain it so anyone and everyone, including a child, can also understand it. And, and, and I've always just tried to do that. You know, I, I don't think that, uh, that uh, the psychobabble is particularly helpful. I think indeed it can kind of disguise the issues, and it disguises it among professionals. So I appreciate you saying that. I, uh, it, it is my intention when I write these things to communicate uh, not to dazzle with Baffle Gap.
2: I, I totally appreciate that. I do a lot of book reviews, and sometimes I just put the book down and say, forget it. You know, and, and, then, you know, and, and that ends that process of having somebody on the show, because if, if I can't read it as many books as I read, you know, h- how are the people who aren't great readers going to deal with this? is It's going to be meaningless.
3: You know, yep. What's the point? No, I so agree, and I mean, I, I do the same thing. I've read books, and I, I've read, maybe I'm reading along, and I've got two or three pages that I've read, and I'm going, no, wait a minute, what did I just read? How does that connect? What, what are they trying to tell me here? And I'm, I'm go, I, I find myself going back, trying to build the bridge and doing exactly what you're talking about. Uh, and and so I think, well, again, I, I think the purpose of a book is to communicate. It's, it, that's, that's its sole purpose, so uh, that's what I try to do.
2: You have a phrase in your book that just absolutely fascinates me, and before this show was over, I'd like to run it by you. You say you are a God experience walking. Talk about that.
3: Yeah, I, you know, I uh, uh, I know for a fact now, and the research thoroughly supports this that the spiritual side of your life is absolutely critical to living a long, healthy, uh, happy life. Uh, when we looked at research on the new centurion population, people turning 100 years of age, uh, we expected to find, you know, the reason that they lived so long was, uh, you know, clean living and self-denial. Quite the contrary was true. What we did find that was a common denominator was these people had a deep engagement with life. They had a sense of connectedness with something grander than they. They they were very spiritual people. Now, when I say spiritual, it doesn't mean that you have to go to church on Sundays, doesn't We're not talking about religion. We're talking about understanding that... There is an eternal part of you that, as well as Jesus said, uh, the kingdom of heaven is within. And and as most of the the gurus of extant religion have said, uh, you're a spark of the divine. Um, All of us are. Well, when you think of it that way and and you look out into the world, um, the Course in Miracles says if you want to change the way you look at yourself, change the way you look at other people. When I start looking at other people as a spark of the divine, I realize that they are—this is, this is God expressing itself uh, through this human being in this life experiment— they are life experience. They are a God experience walking. And, and in seeing that, in seeing that God experience in them, I gain the ability to see that in myself. There's a sense of calm, a sense of esteem, a sense of connectedness, a sense of value, and a higher purpose, that of service, that comes out of that perspective. I'm a pragmatist first, last, and always, and the pragmatist in me knows this. When I live my life that way, I am happier, I am more fulfilled, I will live longer, and I will be healthier, and that's what the data shows, and if, if for no other reason, that's maybe how I should choose to script my life.
2: Following up on that, you, you also say true self-esteem comes from what we give, not from what we take. It all kind of goes together. Absolutely. And you're you're saying basically that happiness and and liking who you are comes from serving other people. Um, And you do that through inner talk. We, We don't all have to go to the soup kitchen to do that.
3: No, indeed, when you say that, there are a number of programs for people that are just free at my website. Um, You know, when you go to com, there's an InterTalk banner. You can click on that banner. It'll take you to InterTalk. There are a number of programs that we feel are just important programs, places that you begin. Forgiving and letting go is the fundamental place that you set yourself free. And that program uh, has been a program we have offered now for nearly 20 years absolutely free. And I've used it with everyone from um, professional entertainers, elite athletes, gold medalists to, uh, you know, the truck driver and the, and the rodeo cowboy. Um, it is the place that you begin.
2: Eldon, we're right up to the end of the show. What's the thought you want to leave with our listeners today?
3: Oh, you know, the thought I close every one of my radio shows with is, in my view, the most important thing you can take to bed with you, remember this, believing in yourself always matters.
2: Ah, that's perfect for a self-improvement show, isn't it? It is. (laughs) Next week's guest is Melanie Brocklehurst. She's in Australia. After a a really tough time, she came to the United States to make some change in her life, and she has a book called 50 Dates in 50 States. It's a delightful little thing. We're going to talk about how she had 50 dates in 50 states. Eldon, it has been so wonderful to have you with us again. Thank you
3: so much. It's always my pleasure. I love every minute of it. We just run out of time.
2: Yeah, we need to have like a six-hour show, and then maybe we can get
3: started at least. That would be a good idea. We could just, you know, pitch a fire, invite everybody, sit around that campfire all night long on a clear night, and just have a shared confab.
2: I'm all for that. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Eldon Taylor, saying thank you for being with us today, and come back next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show.
1: Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, that improvement out there starts in here.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.